Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Let's get into the Word. I have a scripture that for a little while uh, God has been personally challenging me on. And, uh, and of late, of, of even in the last little while, I've begun to see incredible breakthrough in my own life because I believe this scripture has spoken to me and personal revelation that God's been giving to me. And I didn't wanna preach this a while ago without having stepped into the beginning of this at least. And I believe that I'm starting to see things happen in our life and happen in our church. There are so many great things going on in the background that sometimes we don't talk about because we just wanna wait till we know about it. But please be praying for what God's doing in our church. There are great opportunities and things on the horizon. And a lot of it out of the very challenge, I believe God's given myself and God's given our staff out of the Scripture. So are you ready to be challenged tonight? Are you ready for hearing from God tonight? Are you ready to step into a big, bold new season? Matthew 9, 37 to 30, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed Him. Let's stop there. I read this the other day and something popped out to me. Two blind men followed him. Sometimes you have to follow him when you can't see where you're going. We live in a world where we wanna know what the destination looks like and what the journey looks like, but sometimes if you wanna get your miracle, you have to follow him blind. It comes blind fellowship. It means I don't know if I'm gonna fall, if I'm gonna trip, if I'm gonna make it, but if Jesus, that's where you are, I'm not staying where I am. Some of us want Jesus to come and meet us because our situation's made us blind, but Jesus doesn't need to come to you. He already has come. He says when you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. In your blindness, in your frustration, in your waiting, in your in-between, follow Him, draw near to Him, and you'll get what the miracle that God has for you. Amen? Just on the side, Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he'd gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and he said, read it with me, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Let's read it again. According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Father, I thank you that you allow us to participate in this journey of faith. I thank you that, Lord God, you allow us to grow and rise in our faith. So God, where we've settled, where we're limited, where we've got restricted, where we've got complacent, where we've got familiar, where we've got apathetic, we come and repent tonight. We come right at the beginning and say, Lord God, we don't wanna just stay where we are in the safe zone, but Lord God, we wanna step into bold, audacious faith that gets the attention of heaven. So I pray tonight there would not be condemnation, but there would be conviction and revelation that God, you're calling us to large faith, to great faith, to much faith, that we could see your possible, what seems impossible to us, but is possible to you, made real in our life. We ask for in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. This phrase, this phrase has rocked me when God started to show prophetically some of the next seasons for our church, and I started to justify, I started to tell God what COVID season's been like, I started to tell God what new church models are like, I started to have a conversation with God, and I felt God say, well, 
according to your faith. But he showed me something I've never seen before. He showed me things that were bigger than I've dreamed before. And I felt the rebuke of heaven, if I'm honest, that justifies and explains to God what I know and what I've seen and what I've experienced before when God says, well, according to your faith. God responds often according to your faith. Here's the question I wanna ask you, when was your last big ask? Not just a request that you asked and left. When was the last time you asked God and kept on asking and seeking and knocking and claiming and declaring and believing until you got your miracle? When was the last time you followed him blindly, not knowing where he would go all the way until you got into the intimate place? They met him in the room, in the house. When you got to that place of pushing through to the place of intimacy with God, where you saw your supernatural breakthrough, not 10 years ago, not five years ago, recently, when was the last time you lived with such a big ask that you saw the miracle that you thought was impossible? I remember in our life, there's been moments where we've, had audacious faith that's allowed us to walk into the miraculous. So I remember a few years ago, we were renting, we had a house situation where we'd lost probably over time, over $100,000 in this house. Uh, things weren't going right and we were renting. We owned a house we couldn't even live in and we were renting. We were losing money on one and losing money in the other. And it was like, I remember us being in our kitchen in Oakton in a rental and I remember God just bringing to our room bold faith where we went, right, it's time to get a new house. And we didn't know how. But from that moment onwards, we decided we're not settling and we just decided God, doors are gonna open and within four months, we had our own house that we're living in right now. Sometimes you have to stop settling in the rental that you're living in. I'm not just talking about the house, but the place that was never designed to be yours and you get to say, God, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. Uh, I know there's been times before where we've been, you know, young kids, it's, it's hard on everyone, right? And if it's not for you, God bless. And, uh, but for us, financially, young kids, it's a stretch. And, and Sean's for, until last year, was working one day a week. And, and you know, she's mum, it's what you just do. And I remember us going to God and we're saying, God, we're believing for a holiday. And, and the numbers don't add up. The numbers say you can't go on a holiday. But we felt like we wanted a holiday. And, and I don't give you the spiritual reason for it, although I believe in rest. We just wanted a holiday. So I remember saying Sean's one day, I'm believing that supernaturally we're gonna get provided a holiday. And, and I remember someone within about six months. Now, it doesn't always come in your time. I think sometimes God allows you to keep on believing and claiming and asking without settling, but we held on. There was a holiday coming and someone that we never expected, can I say, by the way, when you get faith like this, you don't use the ministry of hints. You don't tell people, oh, I'm desperate for, I'm desperate for a holiday. Oh, if I only won the lottery, what would you do? I'd go on holiday. You don't do those things. But I remember someone coming and saying, Choose anywhere you want to go in the world and we'll pay for you to go. And it came at the time of our 10th wedding anniversary. We chose Penang because we want me goring, we want nasi lamak, we want a samlaksa. Uh, I mean, we loved it. All the Malaysians said, amen. Uh, just recently, our house, we just sold our house that cost us a lot of money and, and we found an agent and we just said, you know what, we've got faith to sell this thing. And I remember the agent gave us the price range that we could get and he was saying it's a good market and he gave us the price range and we were driving around later that day and Sean said, what do you believe we can get? And we said a number that we could believe we get and Sean's is like, well, that's significantly more than what he said we could get, but come on, let's believe for that. Let me tell you, we got $1,500 more than the mark that we set as our faith goal because we 
we didn't settle. We had audacious faith. Uh, I, I recently was talking to God and, and I felt God say, and if I can't, I don't do this for any other uh, thing except for obedience. I felt God say this year he was gonna start increasing influence in churches through my life and doors would open to be able to speak into different significant churches around the nation and, and God's done that but then uh, things slowed down, borders shut and, and I remember the other day just going to God and, and to be honest, I love preaching nowhere else but my church. I, I love this church. It's the only place I wanna be but I went to God and said, but you told me you had a mission for me this year and how come door after door hasn't happened? Book things, people saying, come over, doors shut, COVID, all that sort of stuff. God, you said, so I'm reminding you of what you told me and I'm not letting go of what you said. Within six hours, I had a text from someone that just asked me this week to go speak to all of the pastors in the ACC in Queensland. It's like suddenly there's moments in your life where you go, God, I don't know how, but I'm holding you to your word. I'm reminding you of your promises. I'm believing for what you said and I'm not settling where I am. I'm going for extraordinary. God's put this faith in me in the last six months that according to your faith, and I can either go without, I can settle where I am, I can go, oh, it's just a weird season, or I can remind God and say, no, if you said, if you promised, if you put it in my heart, if there is faith for it, you can do it. In a time where the whole world is settling, if I can, let's be real. And the whole time where people are coming to church less and, and people are settling where they are and they would be ready to have, rather have lifestyle than faith, we need to turn this around and say, we're not settling for lifestyle. We're not settling for comfortability. We're not settling for what we know. We are called to be people of faith. We're called to live on the front line. We're called to live in warfare. We're called to live in, in taking ground. We're not called to be the comfortable, just do what we do to see what happens, church. Let's just go with the flow and do what everyone else does and be slightly better. We're called to live with extraordinary faith and God doesn't move on your behalf because you ask Him to. He allows you to have the option of supernatural, expectant, persistent faith that says, God, I'm not just asking, but I'm grabbing a hold of what you have for my life. I'm trying to stir you today. Because sometimes we believe just because we ask him, he has to do it. That's not how it works. I don't know why God does everything he does, and I don't know why God sometimes doesn't answer in my timing or in my way. But what I do know is that he hands me some of the responsibility, and he says, my faith, my action, and my response will cause a response from heaven. Let's be clear, because sometimes we love the, the happy, clappy, prosperity version of this, but let's be real. He, God doesn't respond because of your upbringing. God doesn't respond because of your title. God doesn't respond because of your Christian longevity. God doesn't respond because of your needs. God doesn't respond according to your wants. God doesn't respond according to your desire. He responds according to your faith. He responds according to your thirst. And He responds according to your hunger. He doesn't say those that turn up will receive rivers of, rivers of living water. Livers, livers. How disgusting would that be if Jesus said that? Rivers of living water. He doesn't say uh, if you ask and then walk away, the door will be open to you. There's a persistent, ongoing, repeated hunger and faith that is required on our behalf. And I believe that heaven has so much more for our life than we walk in. But He's looking for us to not justify, explain, talk our way through, settle and look backwards, explaining why I am where I am. He's just saying, do you have faith? Everyone say, according to my faith and liver. 
We see this all the way through Scripture. Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God says, well, according to your faith. But if he let go of God, well, I think he would have said, well, according to your faith too. Jesus didn't have to bless him. It was according to Jacob's faith. Elisha and the king, because the king get the arrow and stab it into the ground. And the king only stabs it three times. And he says, well, according to your faith, you'll have some battles, but you overall will lose because you were willing to settle. You see, he will either bless you or you'll be limited according to your faith. Hezekiah convinced God when he was meant to die to add days to his life. And God went, well, according to your faith. I mean, Joshua needed the battle to be won. So he commanded that the sun stand still. And God said, well, according to your faith. I mean, Jesus said to the leper, stretch out your hands. And I believe if the leper didn't stretch out their hands, there wouldn't have been a miracle, but in response to the lepers stretching out, he said, well, according to your faith. I mean, Peter says to Jesus, can I walk on water? And at that point, Jesus doesn't give instructions, right, let me tell you how to get some supernatural shoes. But Jesus doesn't go, come on, Peter, jump on. No, he, all he says is come. Do you know what that is in English? That is according to your faith. And everyone else is like, can we stay in the boat? And he's like, according to your faith. You see, Jesus doesn't waste his time trying to convince everyone to get out of the boat. And he also doesn't try to waste his time telling to tell Peter how to get over out of the boat. He just says to them, well, according to your faith. I mean, Mary, the, Jesus' time hasn't come according to Jesus, but she's like, Jesus, they've run out of wine. Mums don't have to really ask, they just tell. And then he's like, it's not my time yet, woman. And she's literally like, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus responds, not to his time, but to Mary's time, because it was according to her faith. I mean, Matthew 9, it says this in verse 20. Just then a woman who's subject to bleeding for 12 years came up from behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if I, if I could only touch the, his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her and said, take heart, daughter. Read it with me. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Luke chapter five said, some men carrying the paralytic on a mat and try to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus when they could not find a way. They did not stop, they did not quit, they did not talk about it. They said to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Luke 17, this is the story of the lepers. Jesus heals them. One of them, as he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, he was a Samaritan. He was not worthy. He was the mo not the most learned. He was not the most experienced. He was the not the most qualified. He was a Samaritan. But Jesus asked, were not all the other 10 clean? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. He does not owe you anything, but he will respond according to your faith. I tell you something today, God does not move on your behalf because you have a big need. Someone's need to hear that today because we feel like, God, you've seen my need. God doesn't respond because you have a big need. He responds because of faith. I'm gonna clarify that for a moment because some of us will struggle. God knows our needs and I'm not suggesting God does not respond to our needs. 
But what I am saying clearly from Scripture, when Jesus responded, it was not so much about the need. It was about the absolute certainty without a shadow of a doubt that they believed that God could do something in them. And when Jesus does the miracle, he wants everyone to see, so he makes it clear. And the apostles write it down, so we have it clear. It wasn't just that they had a need, it was also connected with their faith. He says, because of your faith, I see your faith. Your faith has healed you. It wasn't the need that got the attention. The woman with the issue of blood, uh, he did, I'm not being rude. Jesus sees, oh, I understand. But as his humanist, he didn't even notice her. He said, who touched me? What he noticed was not the woman. He noticed the faith. He didn't just see the need. He saw the faith. He makes a point. He didn't just heal these people, but he was sure to point out their level of faith. Can I tell you today, you have an impact on your miracle. Are you doing okay? You have an impact on your miracle. How do I know? Because when Jesus goes to Nazareth, his own town, his own church, his own people, he could not, everyone say could not, he could not do miracles there because of their lack of faith. In fact, he says to the disciples when he sends them into town to heal the sick and, and to cast out demons and, and let them know that the kingdom of heaven is near. But he says, those that don't believe, wipe the dust from your feet. Because they, if they don't have faith, you need to keep going until you find people with faith. God somewhat passes decision-making over to us. I remember a few years ago, I was running Youth Alive. Um, it's a youth organisation that just works with youth ministries right across the state, and I was leading that. And I remember we had our first rally, and God was good, and we met in two locations, and, and we passed. The, it was a big stretch, but I felt like, you know, I knew what I could handle and we had people find Jesus and I was so grateful. We made budget, there was no incident reports, people came, it looked somewhat full, we felt really good and I felt like it was done and I was just wanted to get it done and if I'm honest, I had faith but I had a little faith and it was still faith so God responded and it was almost like it was done and I remember saying like, oh thank God that's over and it wasn't these words but it was the same sentiment I heard from heaven, it was, well according to your faith. I remember the next year coming and asking God, okay, I need boldness for something bigger, for a stretch. I believe that you called us to see convention centers filled in larger places. So I asked God, do we go to the entertainment center? And it wasn't the large part of the entertainment center, but it was still like a hole with 1,500. And I remember God going, well, according to your faith. And I'm like, well, no, is it yes or no? This is gonna have a big budget. This would be super embarrassing for you if it doesn't work out, right? Uh, like this is like I'm doing it here and what do you want me to do? And I genuinely, I never got a word from heaven. But I did get, according to your faith. I remember going in and signing a contract, handshaking. Shans will tell you, uh, for the rest of that year, I felt like vomiting every time I drove down Port Road. <laughs> but we, we sold out. And the next year, I felt like, I was like, God, should we go to the convention center? And again, God was like, well, according to your faith, you can settle here or you can go for something bigger. I'll tell you, it, it wasn't extraordinary leadership. It wasn't because of great marketing. I just believe God went to the level of my faith. 
See, you can have faith without expectation. I've said this to you recently, but you can't have expectation without faith. See, faith says God can, but expectation says God will do it for me, so I have to do something. There's so many people like there's so many people that gather around Jesus and have faith that He can move, but not enough have an expectation that He will move for me. That was the difference with the Canaanite woman. She was not leaving Jesus until she got her miracle, and she knew Jesus could, but she would not leave until she got her miracle. I just think God rarely rescues. I mean, he can rescue. He saves all of us. But once you're following, it's not just a rescue mission. He actually allows us to walk through things according to our faith. See, he didn't just rescue Moses. He said, Moses, I I want you to be the deliverer. He asked Moses to be a part of it. And and Moses is like, nah, not me, choose someone else. And God's like, you, Moses. And he goes, well, not me, choose someone else. And he's like, no, you, Moses. And he's like, no, come on, there's gotta be someone else. And God's like, well, according to your faith, I'll give you Aaron. But Aaron ended up causing all the problems for him because God's plan wasn't Aaron. Later on, Moses has to be actively involved in every miracle of deliverance. But then later when there's no flow, often when you find a restriction of flow in your devotional life, in your prayer life, it's time to turn on big faith. And he goes to God and says, there's no water, there's no flow. And God says, strike the rock and water comes out. But next time God says, speak to the rock. He's deliberate. He wants to do it differently this time to the past. Even as I say that, I believe there's people in this room that in the past, you've been people of big faith and you've been waiting for the opportunity to come to you. And God's going, it's time to speak to the rock and see flow again. It's not time to wait for God to come and do it for you. You've experienced faith before. Step out of the boat and believe. It's not just the history, but the best wine's at the end. But this time he says to Moses, speak to the rock. But Moses does the old thing and strikes the rock. So God gives flow. He says, well, according to your faith, Moses. So there's still water, but Moses is no longer allowed to enter the promised land. You know why? According to his faith. Not just good enough, but God faith. God led faith. Tony, Pastor Tony spoke this morning about the story of the 4,000 men plus women and children that got fed. And it says, and he pointed out this morning, they kept on eating until they were full. As long as you are hungry, as long as you are thirsty, as long as you are faith-filled, there will be supply until you're full and then the multiplication comes to an end. I wonder if some of us have stopped seeing the multiplying because we've settled and we lost our hunger. Sometimes, we blame time for not serving in church. I don't have time. You know what I've found? People that don't have time never have time. And people that have time always have time. Because if we don't have faith for what doesn't seem to fit perfectly, we will never get there. Sometimes we're not generous because it has risk attached to it. And we call that wisdom, but it misses out on faith. See, generosity will always have a level of risk I mean, sometimes we don't pray for people because what if they don't get healed and that's embarrassing? (laughs) But that requires us to stay safe rather than stepping out in faith. I recently heard someone say, you can either have a smaller life or you can ask God to expand your capacity, but you have to choose. We have to be people that say, God, I want you to expand my capacity and grow my faith. I've shared this before. And just the keys can come, the rest can stay, we'll be a minute. I remember going to Papua New Guinea when I was in university. 
and we, I'd go and this, I'd fast and pray and, and, and I knew there'd be thousands of people, tens of thousands of people and there was things I was believing for. And God in His grace allowed us to see blind people see and deaf people hear and the power of God move. But there's one thing I prayed for, I remember in this, this hill, just near where we live now, where I'd walk around and say, God, I wanna pray for someone that gets out of a wheelchair. I remember on the last night, praying and, and literally someone's ears opened and it was like awesome and I saw someone with a wheelchair in a wheelchair and I went and prayed for them and I prayed and it was like a, you know, God heal them prayer and then I walked away and I felt God go, huh, was that it? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But I remember going to them and saying to them, today you're gonna get out of that chair. Now I have no clue if they could understand what I was saying but I was about speaking to my faith because I was about to walk away, settle. And I remember just with everything that was in me, everything I had, which wasn't much, but it was what I had. It was the measure I had. I prayed the anointing of heaven over that person, the blood of Jesus over that person. And then instead of just walking away, I grabbed their hand and I pulled them out of that chair. And watch them start to walk a little bit shaky and a little bit shaky and a little bit more and then a little bit more, then a little bit more and start to walk down the front. And then what they do, they get all these branches and they would bring them and they were like flags back in the day, would love flags. And, and they would hold their, these branches and this person bricked up a branch and they're walking like this up and around the whole front of this crowd, right? And I didn't care what anyone thought, but I just remember God saying, well, according to your faith, you can walk away or you can believe for what you've asked for. So the question is today, do you have a need? Do you have a desire? Do you have a God dream that He's given you? And what length are you willing to go after it? See, I just think everyone has some portion of faith or another. And what we do by mistake is compare our portion to someone else's. Well, gee, this is settled in Romans where we, we see this put on the screen for me. It says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith. Here we go. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Here's the reality. There's some people that just have enormous faith. Can we just settle that? Some people just have big faith. So they were born or given by God or maybe learnt big faith. But I see here there is an accordance that He gives according to the measure He gives to us. So here's the deal. It's not about how much faith you have. The issue is whatever measure of faith you have, you better bring it every time you pray. That whatever measure God has given to you, you better bring it every time you go to Him. This is why I believe sometimes people that just find Jesus maybe don't have as big a faith as someone who's been following Jesus for years, but they bring 110% of that childlike faith that they have so they get the attention of heaven. It's not that God goes, the one that I gave the bigger faith to gets the bigger miracle. It's the question of, did you be faithful with the measure that He gave you? There are people with enormous faith. There are people with growing faith. But even if it's the smallest faith, the question is, do I use it? Luke 17, He said, He replied, if you have faith as small as that, we know this mustard seed, 
You can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Here's the point. The mustard seed is just a speck. And all you need is what God has given you, big or small, but you give it all to Him and it will grow. See, I believe faith is like a muscle. And the more you use it, the more it grows. But the more you just depend on God will just come through, the weaker it gets. I believe faith needs to be used. Faith needs to be exercised. Faith needs to be outworked. I remember for years looking at Pastor Tony and Pastor Phil's arms. And I remember thinking, come on, you've seen them. And, uh, and I, was, I remember just thinking, God, I want some of those. And uh, God, I would like some of those. I even thought, well, Shana needs a pair of those. And, uh, and there was a want, there was a like, there was a need. But here's the reality. Unless I go to the gym, there's no possibility of getting them. Who would like to see Tony and Phil have an arm wrestle? I'm personally in for that if they are in for that right now. At the end of this service, who reckons we finish with an arm wrestle with Tony and Phil? On the chance you said yes, I have a table in the back ready to go. So we'll go there at the end of the service. But here's the deal. Unless I use it, I lose it. And I can want it, but if I don't exercise it, I won't grow it. What am I saying? Are you doing okay? The team can come. This does not mean that every prayer you pray, God will answer in the way you want. Okay, I'm... Please don't hear me. Does God respond to needs? Absolutely. But it's not the need that gets the attention of heaven. It's the faith of the person that has the need that gets the attention of heaven. Does God answer therefore every prayer you have in the way you want? No. But this is what I can guarantee you. When you pray in faith, when you declare in faith, when you believe in faith, you will get a response from Him every single time. Let me say it again. You can just want something. You can just need something and you will have a want and a need. But if you come to Him with faith, you will get a response from heaven every single time because He responds to our faith. So what do you do in a moment like this? And we're gonna pray for you today. Today, I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm not trying to stir you up. I'm trying to show you in the Word that God has more for your life because I won't be with you tomorrow when you pray your prayers and when you have your need and when God reminds you of the dreams that's on your life and when you're making the decisions of compromise, settlement or faith and obedience. You have to choose. You can't live in both. You have to choose. You can't have your pastor do it for you. You have to choose. You can't have your worship leader do it for you. You have to choose. And when you are there, you can't be stirred. You either have this or you don't. You choose even when you don't know how, what you're gonna stand on. I am gonna stand Step out of the boat. And when you ask Him, He'll say, come. And He'll say, according to your faith. Will you get the arrows in the ground three times? Or will you hit them again and again and again and again until you get victory? Well, according to your faith. Will you keep your arms down? Will you stretch your arms out? Well, according to your faith. Will you settle with water? Or will you believe for wine? Well, according to your faith. Will the best days be behind you or the best days before you? Well, according to your faith. I believe that God responds according to your faith. Faith. So two prayers, 
two prayers you can pray. First found in Luke 17. says, The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And this is where he says, Faith the size of a mustard seed. He's saying, If you've just got the mustard seed, they ask for an increase, and you know what Jesus says? Use the skinny arms you've got. He says, Increase our faith, and he says, Use the mustard seed I gave you, because it's enough, and you'll see the increase. I believe you have the ability to go to God and ask for an increase in your faith, but He will require you to use your faith to see the increase of faith. There are supernatural moments of boldness that come upon you, but that's not a feeling and an emotion. It is a trigger that I need to stand up in prayer and boldness and authority and begin to claim what is mine in Jesus' Name. The first prayer is increase my faith. The next prayer we see in Mark 9, where there's a miracle that's needed and says, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father who was needing a miracle exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You see, there's one prayer that says, God, I need you to help me increase my faith. And I believe God will give you supernatural boldness, but He won't do it for you. You have to use what you've got and then there'll be an increase. But the partner prayer with that is, God, I have doubt and fear. I'm not here to say you are wrong if you have doubts and fears. We all do. We all worry. We all want to walk away. We all want to just settle. But I have to pray a prayer that goes with the increase is, God, help me to overcome where I've never been, what I'm fearful of, my nature, my personality, my upbringing. Help me overcome my unbelief. Increase and overcome. Come on, stand to your feet. Let me finish with this last part. And we're going to pray. Some of you face impossible situations. He can turn it around with great faith. Some of you just know you're not in an impossible situation, but there is something greater that God has for you. You can get there with faith. And now to the verse that seals all of this. But the middle end part that we often miss. It says, and faith in Hebrews 11. And without faith, everyone say, without faith. Without faith, it is impossible How many times have I settled, hit the ground three times, stayed in the boat? But when I step in faith, I know. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe He exists and that He rewards, everyone say rewards, those who earnestly seek Him. It is not just ask of Him, It is not just hope of Him. It is not even just believe in Him. It is those who earnestly seek Him. This is a seeking where you believe to the point where where, where your arms and ligaments are stretched when you see the picture here in the Greek. This is God. I know you can do what you've said you'll do. I know you can do the impossible in my life. I know you can do for my kids what the rest of the world doesn't believe can happen in my kids. I know you can do for my business. I know you can do for my church. I know you can do for my ministry. I know you can do for my family. I know you can do for my body. I know you can do something impossible, unlikely, uncomprehensible. But I don't just ask, but I seek and knock and ask you to increase my faith. So I step in obedience and how 
ask for help in overcoming my doubts, but I don't just do this. I seek You, I find You. I'm the blind man that can't see You right now, but I'm searching and looking because I know if I keep on doing this in faith, there's a miracle on the other side. Church, don't settle. Don't stay where you are. Don't just hope and believe, but attach supernatural faith and activate that faith so that you can see what God has for your life. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.